Dr. Deb, and I'm here to help you understand various things about clinical psychology, uh, research, and any topics in that kind of area. And I, I need to apologize for having been gone for a couple of weeks. I was out of, out of the country, basically, and I'm just now getting back into the swing of things. So in the last video, I mentioned that we were going to start talking about trauma therapy. So let's give a little bit of a historical background. For many, many hundreds of years, there really wasn't any conception that people needed to be treated for trauma. It was just, if people had symptoms of something, they were either just castigated, thrown out, or put in asylums. It wasn't until, say, around um, the end of World War I when people were realizing that soldiers were coming back from the war suffering from battle fatigue or shell shock, as it, as it was called. Those were instances of post-traumatic stress disorder being recognized as a problem. So what did they do back at the turn of the uh, beginning of the 20th century? Well, most of the time, soldiers were just given a lot of rest and relaxation and potentially some kinds of medications that would keep them sort of calm. And that was about all that was done. It wasn't until later in the century when other types of treatments were used for people who seemed to be mentally um, at, not at ease. Uh, and these included things such as, so drastic as lobotomies and um, uh, ECT, uh, electroconvulsive therapy, anything that therapists or psychiatrists thought would calm a person down. However, those were not very effective methods. So in the last, I would say, 40 years or so, other methods of treatment have come up and seem to be more, well, first of all, more gentle and potentially more effective. So the first type of treatment we tend to think of is basic talk therapy. Now, talk therapy allows a client to identify some problems um, and talk them through. Uh, but there are some, some issues with just plain old talk therapy. First of all, it does not truly address, say, the body memories a person might have. Frequently, when there's a trauma, the, the person is just not a cognitive issue or a thought issue or an emotional issue. The whole body takes part in, in the, the trauma. And just talking it through tends not to address the somatic or body portions of the memory. And there can be other types of uh, memory, such as uh, memories for, for certain scents and tastes and things like that. In fact, our, our memory for scent is so, so strong and so primitive that, uh, that perfume manufacturers have figured out that if they add in a little bit of a, bit of a scent of something that's similar to baby talcum powder, they will sell more products because that is something we all tend to be attuned to, or at least in, in the United States. Most of us had calcium powder put on us when we were babies. So those kinds of things are also very important in terms of the memory. Additionally, uh, talk therapy tends not to be a good way to get at the hidden memories. And as I mentioned before, uh, 
the memories that people remember, the trauma memories, they tend to be sort of the uh, more minor traumas or medium level, but they tend not to reflect the most deepest traumas that a person might hold. Those tend to become pretty much blocked off until they start to seep out a bit and, and people might get hints of it. So what comes about is when we're looking at how to address a trauma, we want to do several things. We want to take that implicit sort of photograph picture of what happened. And, and as I said before, that's sort of stored in the mammalian part of the brain. We want to take that out and give it words or give it some way to explain it and move it into, make it an explicit memory, make it more accessible as a story. We also want, as we're doing that, make sure that the client does not suffer from a high level of subjective distress. We don't want the person to be basically becoming re-traumatized through it. And we also want to address hidden memories as they start to start to seep out, which they frequently do, um, because as you start processing the, the, the less significant or more readily available memories, then the other ones start to come spill out, as it were. Um, and we also want to address the, the body memories. And so this talk therapy by itself does not truly address all of those issues. So there are several other kinds of therapies, which in, in a, certain, a certain level are kind of exposure therapies in that a client does go through those trauma memories again, but in a more gentle way, in a way that makes the person able to accept what happens happened without becoming overly distressed. And so those, that's basically the goal of, of those various kinds of therapies. Now, how do we go about getting started? Well, first of all, a therapist is going to take a very extensive history from the client. And the best way to do that is to do it in sort of a conversational style. So as the therapist is getting information about the client and the client's life and things that have happened to the client, the client is also becoming comfortable with the therapist because what the therapist is trying to do is build rapport with the client. And the more that the client trusts and feels comfortable with the ther therapist, the more effective basically any kind of treatment will be. So you don't want a, want a client who sees a therapist immediately thinks, oh, this person will never be able to help me or whatever, and then is not willing to accept whatever the treatment is. So but that's an important thing to realize is the client-therapist relationship is very much a key to the success of any kind of therapeutic uh, intervention or treatment. Okay, now back to the various kinds of treatments. After the uh, therapist has gathered information and, and, they, and this may take a couple of sessions. It, it's not something that necessarily happens immediately. It can take, and as the, the client and therapist work together, then, um, more things might come up and be revealed 
and can feed into the treatment process. So let's talk about the various kinds of treatments one might experience. And I need to point out that not any one particular treatment will be perfect for any particular individual. In fact, often very you know, multiple kinds of interventions may be needed, or some types of interventions are totally inappropriate to a particular client. So a lot of determining what is going to work is through the interaction between the client and the therapist. So back with, with, with the kinds of um, treatments seen with trauma uh, treatment. One area uh, that one type of treatment that is frequently used or has been used actually more in the past was hypnosis. And the idea in terms of hypnosis in trauma is to have the, the client be very relaxed and sort of go down into a level of, of relaxation and um, openness to begin to experience the trauma and describe it in detail. Uh, the trauma again, but staying very relaxed and the therapist would help the client get beyond the initial trauma response that the client had in the initial situation. And so the idea is to, to help the client identify the situation, identify the emotions that the client experienced in, in the situation, give them words, and help the client realize what aspects of the, the situation were scary and why they were scary and how to be able to, to see them as not being threatening anymore. And then the therapist would help the client come out back out of that, um, that state. And the therapist would ensure that the client realized um, what the kind of work had been done. Now, a lot of the other types of therapies are, are kind of, they have flavors of the hypnotic uh, approach. For example, there's one kind of therapy called progressive counting. And with progressive counting, the client is asked to come up and think about the particular um, trauma and make a sort of mental movie of it that lasts 10 seconds. And what the therapist will, will do is time the client for the 10 seconds. So the, the client has time to have a beginning, a bit of a middle, and an end. And the client will make the little movie and make it do it over and over again until the client says, okay, this is not freaking me out. I'm okay with this. Then the therapist will say, okay, let's do for 15 seconds. And you know, put, put more stuff into the movie. And again, the same process. The client will mentally go over the movie over and over again until he or she is feeling comfortable with it. And the idea is to keep doing this until the client feels completely comfortable with a whole memory of the situation. Now, I need to point out though, before the therapist has the client do this, the therapist is likely to uh, help the client develop some internal um, memory and thought structures that can help uh, prevent the client from becoming overly upset. Um, these might be things such as, uh, 
in the, in the memory as the client is sort of watching it, have the client uh, perceive or experience having a friendly person or pet or whatever there to give support. Uh, so, and, and many of these kinds of um, mental processing of the trauma also have the uh, client receiving or having it instilled in him or her these kinds of supports. So that's how progressive counting works. And it is, in terms of research, it, uh, has been indicated to be very, very effective. It helps the person move from just seeing sort of photographed shots of the situation and in, into having a sort of continued story, a full story, uh, which in, in that way translates it from being a, a set of implicit memories into and an explicit memory that the person can could then relate to another person. But it doesn't address the, say, the body memories. Now, the way to address body memories would be, and, and this is part of some other uh, therapeutic approaches, is to have the person, once he or she has that full uh, movie memory that doesn't upset him or her, have that person do the memory again but also in, include progressive relaxation, which means uh, clenching different body parts and releasing. And so bringing the body down into a state of relaxation while running the, the, the little movie through the person's head. So that's how uh, one would do that type of approach. Now, I've, been, uh, I've used another approach which I learned in a training, which has the person um, have nine boxes on a piece of paper, and each box will have one of those little uh, flashbulb memories, you know, from the beginning of the, the incident to the, to the end of the incident. And, well, you, you can start with fewer, like, uh, like three, and, and move it to, uh, say, up to nine. So at the beginning of the incident, the middle, and the end. And each time the person does it, he or she will explain to the therapist what's going on in the box. So the beginning, say we're doing three. The beginning of the situation, the person explains it, thus making it from a picture to a set of words. Then the second one, and then the third, the end. Then you make, say, six boxes, and you add more detail, more pictures of what happened. And each time the person goes through it with more and more repetition, the person becomes less upset with it, less distressed. And so after nine, or maybe you might even have to go more than that, but the person can then uh, go over the whole trauma memory and be able to be okay with it and be able to talk about it. Now, um, I'm only going to talk about those few for this time around, because uh, in the next video, I'm going to talk about uh, the types of processes that actually are used more and more in, in common uh, practice, ma um, mainly one that's called brain spotting and also eye movement uh, displacement and reprocessing, EMDR. Those two are really very much the way much of um, trauma theory, therapy goes these days. And um, I, I need to point out that 
one aspect of all of this is we start with a very easy trauma, something that's, yeah, it was kind of annoying, but really didn't, uh, doesn't have that high level of subjective uh, distress. And then the therapist and client will move to more and more distressful situations. But as each level um, of traumas is addressed, frequently the, the deeper or, or more uh, hard to, to locate traumas become more available. Uh, I'm not sure why, but that, that does happen. And so in the next video, I will talk about these other methods, uh, EMDR and brain spotting, and more about how we address truly um, complicated uh, PTSD or trauma that results in things such as uh, dissociative disorders, because they require more extensive types of um, therapy than, say, some uh, less complicated cases. But now, because I always want to show you something that you can either purchase or use in your own life to reduce anxiety or uh, address sleep issues, I am going to show you a new, another device called um, a Casina machine. Let me reach over here. And use a little box to turn on. Can't really see it well. Uh, it has different kinds of sessions and settings. You plug in earbuds or headphones, and um, you get one or two different kinds of eyewear. Let's see. And it comes with a little booklet which tells you all sorts of different programs you can use. And it's very good for helping uh, achieve states of, of meditation because it use, uses the binaural beats in terms of sound and music. And it also uses various kinds of light waves to also help attune the brain to the state that you want. So, for example, and, and as I said, it has some built-in programs, but one can, if one so desires, one can develop your own programs and use a, a, a thumb drive to, to, to include it. So we have um, programs to help the brain get into uh, beta wave level. Then we have um, meditate, uh, some fancier things that they call mind art. Night voyage is getting to sleep. Rejuvenate is to help uh, have energy. And then there's trance, which is also a meditative level. So this, uh, this particular device is available through a place called Mind Place. And I'll include the link below for it. So I want to thank everybody who has found this information to be useful. And I hope you all come back. Please give it a, a like. Subscribe if you want to have notifications and turn on the notifications if you want to know what, when I'm going to be having another one, another video. And thank you for, for watching and I'll see you all the next time. Bye.